me understand, uh, you touched on it a little bit, but help me understand the technology in terms of what we're measuring. So a lot of our audience members are familiar with ATP testers, which allow you to identify organic matter on surfaces, but you can't tell if it's alive or dead. What are we measuring specifically with the product as it is today? Is it just, is it organic matter? Is it's not specific pathogens? Is it the cleanliness? Can you it's be more specific? Positive reinforcement. So given that there is the, that uh, UV reflective dye, in the alcohol-based hand drop, the training drop that we apply, we are able to see the intensity. So the intensity is in correlation with the amount of alcohol that was spread on that surface and the, the time it's spent on that surface. And the combination of two tells us from the efficacy tests that are compulsory on the laboratory condition for each and every product in the market, that you know within 20 or 30 seconds, the log five reduction shall be achieved with those products. And this is uh, our method provides a harmless positive reinforcement in yes, that part of the skin received the required amount uh, of the solution, the alcohol-based solution, and also the time exposure so that we can be sure that that product was efficient. Therefore, all germs and bacteria, well, up to the extent of 99.999% got extinct. So just to clarify for our audience, are we able to measure the the different variations in the disinfectants that are used on the hands, or are we really measuring the effectiveness of the hand washing process? No, we are measuring the quality of the spread, so how well we're able to spread, and we have a baseline there. So we we have qualified our system to be able to distinguish between a very light, I'm done, kind of, I, I ran away with under one ml, you can do good hand hygiene, need the proper amount. This is really visible under the conditions of the semi scanner because immediately you can show which is the area which got covered by the right amount of alcohol. And all of a sudden, you know, it evaporates very quickly. So by the time you keep rubbing your hands 30 seconds, but if there's no more solution in your hands, there's no more cleaning effect, actually. Is the measurement specific to alcohol? In other words, can you use other disinfectants? Um, uh, you know, th there's a lot of hand hygiene disinfectants that aren't limited to alcohol. Right. Alcohol, the most uh, yeah, probably prevalent, but you know, and other, other weird stuff. So theoretically, uh, zirconium chloride, right? Yeah, the, these these dyes we could develop for for other products. Uh, so far, we have been focusing on alcohol because that's the most commonly used. Most and, common. And again, like it was hard enough for WHO and other uh, CDC and other organizations to, to make people understand the importance of it. So let's not confuse them with, with talking about too many different kind of uh, solutions, but those exist as well. Uh, there's so much I want to talk about here, and you mentioned who, and we want to get to that. Um, do, do you endorse uh, alcohol specifically, or is it chosen uh, because it is the most prevalent, because there have been uh, some detractors to alcohol that over time it provides cracking to the hands, which uh, can be a harbor for bacteria and viruses. Uh, and yet it is still the most common. Uh, it's cost effective solution. Um, but it, it, do you endorse alcohol as the solution or is your focus um, on alcohol because it is most prevalent? Um, I think that it's, it's the latter. So, so we have been uh, focusing and looking into all technological solutions. So that includes other chemical solutions, disinfectant. But uh, I have to say that after you know over a decade of daily using multiple 
solutions and sometimes 100 times per day, depending if you're the trade shows that it's super important to demonstrate over and over again. Um, and I I have normally dry skin and I, I use, especially in wintertime, I have a lot of skin conditions. But the good quality alcohol-based products, they are, they are fine. They are just fine. Uh, 15 years ago, that was not the case. The early products, they were very rough on the skin, so people did have a lot of problems. It still can happen. I think good institutions, what I've seen as a good practice, they offer alternatives. So then you can choose and you can also have uh, skincare products uh, possibly adjacent. to. So you're able to, to make sure that you're not only keeping your hands clean, but also healthy. Because that's, as you said, as you just mentioned, that's very important. I'm a big proponent of alcohol-based hand sanitizers. One of the big challenges that those of us in infection prevention know uh, is the dwell time. So how does the hand and scan solution address dwell time? Can it tell the difference between an appropriate dwell time with an alcohol disinfectant versus, uh, as you said, you rub it together and you're not getting the effectiveness? Is that measured? So, you know, we are uh, having not right now ongoing research focusing on this because uh, so far evidence is uh, it's quite complicated, so to say. So we, we all know that like uh, drying time is supposed to be like around 30 seconds, but it really depends on the hand size, on the on the really the temperature of the skin. It really depends on the concentration because if it's, you know, it's 70% or 80%, it's going to be different than if you have a lower concentration. So all these things are just making very, very complicated and complex. But we do know that like you have to wait at least 15 to 20 seconds, no matter how efficient by default your solution is. And on the top of that, we can definitely measure that. So we are working together with these smart dispensers where you know how who is receiving the dosage. Of course, of personalization is very important. We know exactly how much the exact amount that got dispensed. Because you know, some people just say like, give me the lowest amount. And I have to tell you, some of the hospital procurement people and the finance people, they are happy because like, yeah, then you don't have to buy that. The cost down, right. But you're but not keep the direct cost down, right? You spend yeah. less on um, the disinfectants, but what is the real cost, right? Neither wasting the solution nor, you know, just using too little. Because if you if that determines or, or sends you past a bit, you fail miserably spreading and cleaning your hands. What's, what's the purpose? So you really have to be able to get the right amount and you have to get used to it. It's personal. There's a huge importance of personalized dosing because I can do, with, with 2.2 ml, I can do great hand hygiene. Some people, bigger hands, they need more. There, there can be some people who are able to, to rub in properly with one and a half ml, maybe. I've never seen a proper hand hygiene under one ml. Uh, and this is, this is something that we can prove now because this has been, you know, anecdotal and people said like, no, my solution is better. No, like prove it. Now right. we have the exact right scientific evidence that we can create through the Semmelweis system. That's a great data point. And I want to get into the data. Uh, in my research uh, prior to our interview here, uh, I found it interesting that one of the other data points was the effect of, of jewelry, for example, rings um, in the hand hygiene process. And talk a little bit about the data collected and the correlation with improving hand hygiene and patient safety and how your product delivers the data and the cloud-based system that you utilize. So, so just as you mentioned, uh, technology can do a lot more for us than you know telling like whether you miss something. Exactly, jewelry like you're wearing your wedding ring, 
And I go like, people have been arguing for years that like, oh no, because it goes underneath and there can be no bacteria. But we have a study now. We have collected quite enough evidence that no, this is this is not good. I mean, it's bacteria can still thrive underneath those areas. And now our system is, is of those. It's again like in the, in the ages of artificial intelligence methods. It sounds easy, but it actually really depends on the quality of data. But we have now an artificial neural network working to identify rings. Because then we can say like, okay, this is, you are wearing a ring. Please make sure we are not going to be the one who judge you, or it, or it, but follow the guidelines. So if the hospital or your institution says like you're not supposed to, please just you know put them down. We we can record it, um, and the same goes for for the data in general. So we don't want to to be judgmental and we don't want to you know penalize you. We want to generate that objective data, yes or no, correct or incorrect, and we all it's. it's all goes down to statistics. Maybe it's okay if you miss, you know, your thumb every three three time or every third time you come to the system. Maybe it's not. It's a policy question. It really depends on your institution. If you're working, you know, with uh, with, with bone marrow transplant, maybe you want to do you you want to have a barrier and you would not allow anyone to go through until they are hundred percent clean regarding their hands. But if you, you know, just like rubbing out, going home, maybe it's yourself who want to make sure. And this is really the mentality. So the, the, the data is up to you how you use it. It's personalized, it's timestamped, it really builds up on all the evidence that we have. And you can look at it aggregated mode so the management can be very happy. Instead of looking into hundreds of thousands of, of you know, like training data, or what, what, would they, what can they do normally? Not much. Now it's a click of a button, so they see the trend lines. How this department goes against the other one, or whether they completed the recovery requirements that we set for them, like like have your measurements above ninety five percent for two weeks every single time. So we can really put in some gamification, put up challenges, competitions, like name you, name some champions, like follow them. They have been doing it the right way, and the good news we are seeing it. So Pete, this is a tool that we are happy to give the enthusiasts infection prevention and control experts were dedicated to this uh, topic. And then, you know, this is supporting them to do a better job. I want to ask you a little bit about uh, the impact of COVID on hand hygiene. And uh, I I feel uh, it's maybe a little inconsiderate to talk about the silver linings in the COVID uh, pandemic. But I know I appreciated going into public spaces and seeing hand hygiene dispensers, uh, uh, alcohol dispensers in more places. And of course, I'm a proponent of uh, hand hygiene. And I'm interested in your thoughts on what you've seen, uh, the impact of COVID as it relates to hand hygiene, uh, particularly in public spaces. Um, What we have started uh, and what this whole COVID situation started is the democratization of of, uh, hand hygiene. So instead of uh, it being handled as a privilege, privilege of the of the medical domain, it's for everyone. It is really for everyone. So so that uh, billions of dollars of campaign or hundreds of billions of uh, campaign as a, as a marketing, we can consider it. But but factually, it was really good to to clear the minds and set the focus on most important things. You know, like social distancing, uh, vaccination, and hand hygiene. These are the three more important and most important components. And you know, you can still argue like which is more important and, and what are the barriers, but we all understand. With, with the hands, without the hands, you go nowhere. And, and actually, this is what we try now to, to, to move forward with. This is a message for everyone. 
You want to go back to your office space and be physically there again? Make sure your hands are clean. You want to use public transportation? You probably still put on your mask and you want to have your hands clean. Before you start eating, things twice. Like, okay, well, I paid with money. I paid with my card. I touched the pin pad. Like, what, who else did touch that? So the, all these things are becoming now not paranoid, but part of the regular way of protecting ourselves, our beloved, and making sure that we, we can train people at the level of hundreds or thousands or even more through our technology and through our training programs. And that really brings us back to where we started. Uh, potential standards, best practices for hand hygiene and monitoring. I know you've done a lot of work with WHO and ISO. What can you tell us about that and uh, how that's progressing? Uh, so uh, lucky for us, all of us, uh, WHO had its 2009, so not quite oldish uh, guidelines on hand hygiene, which became really a global and thick document on the importance of it. So that's now being renewed, and, and we are able to channel in uh, lucky enough, there is a committee in Geneva now looking into the updates, and we are feeding in our new evidence because there has been a lot of new evidence created. And I, I really endorse CDC for doing the same, that on their website, collecting new evidence and trying to keep us all up to date because there is a lot we, we have learned. This is a global experiment what has happened in the past three years. And, and uh, right on the top of that, now we are just finishing an ISO standard. The world's first international standard for hand hygiene. So ISO stands for the International Standardization Organization. And they are responsible for great standards like the medical device standards, like a lot of the, the Wi-Fi, the connectivity, a lot of, lot of things in the industry. And now in the healthcare are standardized for a good reason, because that allows us to, to speak the same language. Without it, we can't compare apples to apples. And this is really important in hand hygiene. So with, with that new standard that hopefully getting a, a in favor vote in, in I think, April, uh, all the countries are going to vote on that. We set the minimum requirements for institutions regarding their hand hygiene training, education, monitoring, and feedback program. So altogether, that's similar to some other companies like uh, Jayco, Leapfrog, they started their own audit requirements, but they are focusing on hand hygiene just in their respects. This standard not only gives you requirements, also gives you a lot of useful and not advices, but methods, how can you achieve those? And in that aspect, I think it's going to be unique and, and hopefully very well received in the community. Tomas, what should we expect in the future from Hand and Scan? So we will continue, I can assure you, we will continue uh, trying to serve the community. So besides the medical domain, we have started to explore new industries like the biopharma, in the food industry where there's a lot to be done with hand hygiene. And we really hope to, to get there into nursing homes, into government spaces, into all public areas and make sure that people, once they use our system, they never forget that, hey, this can get visual. If Even if I don't see the germs, they, are, they can be on my hands. So remember and do your hand hygiene properly. Any predictions for the future of infection prevention in society? I think it's going to be a huge challenge that we are facing. So despite the fact that seemingly we are over COVID, we're just learning about like how quickly these, these pandemic situations can emerge. And really with the globalization, on one hand, we really want to avoid lockdowns and, and, and entire countries uh, being closed for months or years. Uh, this becomes inevitable unless we are able to do a much better job in educating the people. Prevention, prevention, prevention. This is what we have to prepare for. And for that, we have to use all available digital technologies. We have to use all available internet and social media 
platforms and make sure that we reach to the people, we empower them, and we give them the right tools so that they can do a good job on this. I think that's a fantastic final thought. And if you've enjoyed the content and infection prevention uh, podcast that we do here at Clean Talk, be sure to register at cleantalk.tv to join our community and to get information about future live events, including panel discussions and live streaming from infection prevention trade shows. Uh, on behalf of my guest, Tomas Heidegger, the product is Hand and Scan. We thank you for uh, joining us today on Clean Talk. Thank you very and much. Thank you, Tomas. And until next time, this is Brad Whitchurch, your host, reminding you to keep it clean.